All right, guys, welcome to uh, the final 2021 edition of the Bluminati podcast, proudly sponsored by Irish 31 and homefieldapparel.com. Go get your beers and drinks and great food at Irish 31 while wearing your great outfits from Homefield Apparel. Hopefully you guys got some over Christmas and Kwanzaa and uh, Hanukkah, you know, early in uh, late November, early December. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season as we come up uh, against New Year's Eve uh, tomorrow. In fact, right in about three hours, it'll be New Year's Eve. Uh, Hopefully you guys uh, had a good year, uh, given everything else kind of going on in the world. Um, It's been it's been a tough two years, Um, but we're here, Seth, we're we made it just barely. You know, we had a claw scratch and fight our way to get to the end of this year, but we're, we're here and we've got some some news to discuss. Uh, I thought it was going to be a relatively quiet uh, dead period until, you know, January workouts got started. But here we are, Seth. First of all, how was your Christmas? Excellent. Yeah. How about yourself? It was good. It was good. Uh seemed like a. Uh, Myself, along with a whole bunch of people on that I follow on Twitter, um, charged themselves with uh, putting together a Barbie dream house that um, is I've been, I've done that three one. stories. Yeah, and, it's with uh, the pool. Got a pool and everything, and it's uh, it's still at my in laws' house because we're going up there tomorrow, and we'll take it we'll take it home uh, when we leave on Sunday. And uh, I am dreading having to take it apart and then put it back together cool. to get it into the car. Yeah, so, tough. Santa really did not think that through. No, Santa never thinks of assembly. <laughs> really doesn't. He just Jake, focuses on delivery. Yeah, a terrible, terrible job by Santa. Terrible job. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, yesterday, some news broke. USF offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss Jr. is no longer USF offensive coordinator. He's heading to Oxford, Mississippi to join Lane Kiffin to be Ole Miss's offensive coordinator. Um, you know, even when you're bad and you win three games in two years, you know, teams are still poaching your coaches. So I guess something must be going right. Question mark. Yeah, uh, those guys are reunited. They had some success together. I guess he was wasn't he kind of one of Lane's like a student assistants or graduate assistants when he was at Alabama. Yep, and his offensive coordinator at FAU. Um, you know, when Lane got hired, I was kind of surprised he didn't take him if he felt that highly about him. But he came back and snatched him a couple years later, so uh, it must feel like he's got a good working relationship with him. But I think this is one. This may be one of those rare times where it kind of it's going to work out well for both sides. I think. I think you're you're on to something there, uh, Seth. I you and I have, you know, privately and sometimes publicly kind of questioned uh, some of Charlie Weiss Jr.'s uh, schemes, uh, play calling, inconsistency in uh, calling plays that may have worked and then just abandoning it uh, almost immediately after it doesn't work one time. Um, That's been the uh, frustrating part uh, over the last two years under Charlie Weiss Jr. And I think, that two lane game really comes to mind when they ran a couple of speed options, some inventive stuff in that on that first scoring drive and then went away from it completely 
for the rest of the game. And you guys saw the final score. And then I think the biggest indictment of Charlie Weiss Jr. was Black Friday. They had no answer for any sort of blitz that Central Florida threw at the Bulls. Uh, Double A gap blitz, outside blitzes, C gap blitzes, anything. They had nothing, especially in the passing game, to counteract that. They were all still very long developing routes, forcing Timmy to hold the ball and uh, as long developing or like static to where right a guy would run a five yard hitch and you're 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 at like the seven yard line. The guy runs like a three yard hitch and just sits against man coverage. Well, yeah, that's going to look covered to the quarterback. And then the other two guys run fades. It's not a great concept. Um, So, yeah, there were some times where I thought they did really good stuff. And then other times where they got a little stagnant. Um, I thought they went away from the run game way too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how much, how many times McLean threw the ball like, yeah. this season. It was a lot. And I think the biggest um, not issue, not necessarily a failing, but I thought the biggest issue was not necessarily the play calling, but I don't think either season the quarterbacks got better as the season went along. And he was also the quarterback's coach. I thought McLean did not look any better than he did early in the season. Um, I thought he looked his best early in the season. And then you look at mistakes like the SMU game. He takes that sack you can't take. You're hoping he gets out of the system. What does he do in the final game of the year? Take sacks you can't take again when you're trying to. So it's the same kind of stuff that you would hope would get coached out of him by the end of the year, and it didn't happen. So, um, But, you know, I, he – He's had some success. I think what schematically what he was running is good stuff. Um, I don't know how well it fit with what they had here personnel-wise. And you saw Jeff Scott mention that on the defensive side of the ball when he mentioned what he hired. He really didn't watch what he had personnel, which is still mind-blowing. <laughs> like, oh, man. It, it didn't brutal honesty sometimes. Yeah. So, um but, you know, I, I don't know how well it fits. And then I'm not sure how well it would fit going forward. I think they have an opportunity to get um, an offense that fits their personnel really well and can really kind of help them take that next step. Because they got better this year, uh, but I thought they left some opportunities out there to be even better than they were. So um, he gets to move on and, and go, you know, coach in the SEC and get some really good players and, and uh, Jeff Scott gets a chance to get a guy in here that will fit his personnel a little bit better. So I think it really is kind of a win-win for both sides here. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it's always we've, – we've talked about this, you know, multiple times through, you know, Jeff Scott's first couple of years. It's, it's always a learning process when you're the guy in charge trying to figure out who's going to fit with who um, – as a coaching staff, how, how will these guys gel? You know, it's not just making sure that the players gel and there's, you know, chemistry in there. It's now, these are all guys who aspire to be head coaches one day. And there are some, you know, personalities have to gel, you know, schemes have to gel just, you know, how you, you know, prepare has to gel. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. I think as you mentioned multiple times already, like this is just a, a good, uh, divorce, uh, separation, uh, mutual parting, um, you know, where they can still be friends, but it, it was heading down the wrong path. God bless you for everything you did, Charlie. Um, I don't see this affecting much going forward. I feel like 
it feels like because Jeff Scott said after the Central Florida game that he was going to get through signing signing day and then evaluate the coaching staff. And it just seems a little too on the nose that it happens right now where he can still go out and find some people, you know, the bowl games are playing like it's it's a little bit different at, than when, you know, Tom Allen left. Like, I think it was like January, like 12th of 2015, like right before, you know, where workouts are starting and like the, the season's truly over. You still got some time to to find someone. So it's not terrible. Uh, you know, the timing's not terrible. You know, Jeff Levy, who was the OC at Ole Miss is now the OC uh, for Brett Venables at you Oklahoma. Think, you can thank Lincoln Riley for all this. Yeah. I mean, God, you know, the domino effect uh, of Texas and Oklahoma is still being felt uh, throughout. Um, but, you know, Brett Venables uh, takes, takes Levy to uh, Oklahoma and now Lane Kiffin gets a, uh, his security blanket, I guess, as uh, you know, someone who kind of helped get the lane train rolling at FAU, and uh, you know, good luck to Charlie. But it's, you know, we're we're moving on, we're moving upward. Uh, hopefully, um, I, I still think this is still a six win team in twenty twenty two. They just they really they too really need to nail this higher, which yeah. is and, and we will get to that. But I think the first thing that we kind of need to discuss is in-house options um will turner at bulls 24 7 had you know his version 0.1 uh 1.0 of the hot board and there were a couple of in-house options uh coach uh, alan modridge uh, offensive line coach and then wide receivers coach bobby bentley are on that list i'm not inspired by either one of them i'm not inspired by the in-house promotion i'll be perfectly honest here seth uh what are your what are your thoughts on an in-house in-house promotion which means uh, are you just going to do another in-house promotion for quarterbacks coach? Does that mean BJ Daniels is now the quarterback coach? How, where, where do you see all that kind of fitting in? Cause it seems like if you're going to go in-house with an OC, then why would you bring someone else from the outside? Why not just do yeah. the the reverse? Yeah, I don't, I, I to me, um, you know, I think both those guys are really good coaches. I know, I don't know about coach Mo. I know that he's really well-respected. Uh, by coaches all around the state. And I think Willie yep. kind of mentioned that in his piece, but he is like, especially on the trail, he'll, he's a guy that'll sit and talk football with coaches for an hour and just sit at the school and talk. So I know he's really, I don't know if he's ever called plays though. Uh, Bentley, he was a guy, what would be interesting. I th- And I'm, this could be, I'm pretty sure this is correct, but I know he hasn't coached it in college, but he was the head coach at Burns high school when they were, were like, top 10 in the country for like four or five years in a row. I believe he was the head coach. They had really good quarterbacks and they, he was the quarterbacks coach and he was really well known for developing quarterbacks. He was used to give clinics around the country. Um, I saw him speak at like a Nike or Glazer coaches clinic way back in the day, talking about how they developed their quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. he could be a guy you move over. If you do want to go internal, then hire somebody else for receiver um, and I'm sure he called plays at that level. I don't know if he's called plays at the college level or not, but he's got a good mind for it. Um, I think him and, and Coach Mo are both really good coaches. Uh, they have good coaches on the offensive staff, but I just think this staff could use some new ideas on the offensive side of the ball, and I, I don't think it would be a bad idea to go out and get some different ideas, maybe somebody that's done this and, and has some different ideas and Jeff Scott and and then you can kind of meld them together. But um, you know, 
I, they, the offense ended up doing a decent job scoring and taking advantage of short fields when the defense gave them some short fields. Mm-hmm. And the special team scored some touchdowns. So you kind of look towards the end of the year and you look at the, some of the point totals. It's a little deceptive. When you look at the offense for the whole season, and, and what I looked at when I was looking at uh, you know potential hires is yards per play. USF was 110th in the country in yards per play on offense. So is that something you want to you know stay in house with and just hope for that natural progression? Um, but I think going outside is a, it presents a good opportunity for you to shake things up a little bit schematically and, and kind of get a system that really fits your players really, really well. Yeah, I agree. And um, as we kind of transition to uh, our our own hot board, you mentioned Bobby Bentley coaching at, at Burns High School uh, in South Carolina. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure this the timeline adds up. I don't want to yeah. say something that's stupid, but he was there. They were there at the same time. It, it, okay, so at one point, I'm not sure if he was the. Oh yeah, he was starter. definitely there. But he no, was he, there. No, he was definitely there then. Okay. Yep. So, uh, you let's uh, let's go to. Do you want to start? I guess number one on our hot board. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's start with. I'm going to go ahead and first of all, well, let's keep that. Let's get rid of that one. We don't need to share everything. But let's show. So this is the official TDS hot board TM. This and these are number one guy, and this is the guy. These are guys that uh, I want to be clear. These are guys that guys that we want. Yeah, this these, is. A, I went. This through is list. Yeah, not source. Are, this is not source whatsoever. These no. are guys looking at who could fit right now for us and what makes sense and who our potential yeah. gets that we would be uh, excited about um, going forward. I want to be perfectly clear on that. Yes. This is this is not. not not sourced. I, I will make sure that if we if we do some sources, you guys will know that these are source candidates. This but these was, are the ones that we would like to see. This was a lot of looking at stuff. Uh, this first one, I think we're, we're starting to get a fervor for it. the first one that we're going to put up there. This is a guy we've talked about previously on the podcast. You've been listening for a while as being someone that they should go get some ideas from. Uh, but now that you got an opening, I think Willie Korn has got to be the first call. I said I said as much on Twitter as soon as the Weiss news came out. Yep. That's my first call. Call Willie Korn. Um, I'm on the see what he's train. up to. Huh? Yeah. I mean, just to see what he's up to. And uh, as I was teasing it, Bobby Bentley was the head coach at Burns High School for about 11 years. Um, his final couple of years at Burns High School, guess whose quarterback was? Willie Korn. Willie Korn. Hey, and guess who was on staff when Willie Korn went to Clemson? Jeff Scott. He was. Interesting. Yeah. So it uh, seems pretty seamless here, folks. It would be if 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 Jeff Scott wants to hire somebody he knows, um, somebody he's familiar with. This would be an interesting one, and he could bring he brings in a totally different offense. If you haven't watched Coastal Carolina, they're kind of like a modern spread triple option. They use multiple backs. I think it would fit USF's personnel really well. Yeah, they don't. It's not just um, it's not an option passing attack. They have some pro style concepts in the passing game. Um, they've taken a guy that was athletic and a pretty good thrower 
and Grayson McCall and turned him into a potential NFL player. Um, he could probably do really well with Timmy McLean, and he's coached quarterbacks uh, and been with this staff for a long time. So he's been in this offense for a long, long time. I believe mm-hmm. he he played for them at North Greenville in Division Two. Transition on the coaching staff and has been with them since. So, yeah. um, why would he, I, I? I know we've seen a lot of why would he want to come? He's already co-offensive coordinator. Coastal's better. He makes two hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. Charlie Weiss made three fifty. Um, and he doesn't call. I don't know if he calls all the plays. He's kind of a co-coordinator, so yep. he could be the coordinator number one by himself, run the show. Everything would be on him if he came to USF. So that would be my number one. Yep. How do you feel about Mr. Corn? I love it. Uh, I mean, said it on said it on Twitter, you know, and uh, I a- asked you uh, your thoughts, and it was, I mean. It's it seems like the obvious smart thing to do. Um, and I know that flies in the face of literally the entire history of the University of South Florida. But. I think Jeff's got uh, I think he understands the importance of this hire and you there there had been, you know, some scuttlebutt. I'll say scuttlebutt about uh, Jeff kind of meddling. Uh, in the offensive game plans and not really letting uh, Charlie cook maybe a little bit, but this is just such, this is such the obvious hire, right? This is, this is a, just a good solid idea. And, you know, praying for redemption and saying he doesn't call the place that Jamie Chadwell does. And, you know, he's been Willie and, and Jamie Chowell have been together for a long time. Yeah, he knows uh, he knows the offense really well. Yeah, I think it's just really the style of play I think fits USF's roster really, really yeah. well. They they were at uh North Greenville together, uh they were at Charleston Southern together and then went to Coastal to get like they like Jamie brought Willie Corn over from from Charleston Southern as well. But they know each other inside and out. I think this is um a really good opportunity for for Willie Corn to kind of get his name. I think for him, his I think for his obvious hesitation is, I mean, this is a this is a I'm going I would be going to a program that's won three games in two years. Do I really want to ruin my stock? Where it's I mean it's quite possibly hasn't been higher than it is right now. Right. So you he's got a is the extra maybe $150,000 it, but a, you know, a better G five, you know, conference is, is that worth the risk of man? What if I flame out? Yeah, that's the, but guys like that always want to take that next step. So if, if it is like, if he truly has no input on the play calling, then I, you'd think you'd want to get somewhere where he does call the plays and he could do that. Um, I think he's a good possibility. The next one is one that um, – so these first two have both been bandied about on Twitter quite a bit. This next one is uh, the prodigal son returning. You've seen this one a lot. You know a little bit more about his career than I do. I know he he was the co-OC when they first got to Houston, and then he's been the running back coach the last two years. Um, yeah. Seems like a demotion, but I have not been following along. I know he's called plays in the past. Obviously, some connections with the university. So obviously, I mean, yeah. he was he was the, the coach before. 
He was he was the goat before the goat, you know. And uh, I love Markwell Blackwell. He was, you know, everybody has a, a quarterback that they came into. You know, who was the quarterback you watched uh, at Florida when you were growing up that kind of got you hooked? When I was a little kid, yeah, like who was it was Warfel. your guy, Danny Danny Warfel. Warfel. Danny Warfel. All right, and Markwell Blackwell was that guy for me. Uh, there are kids right now that Quentin Flowers was that that person. Uh, feel really bad for whoever uh, has Bobby Eveld as their selection. Uh, tough stuff for for you guys, but it could be BJ Daniels, Markwell Blackwell for a lot of the the USF fans who you know grow grew up going to games who saw what this program could be. Uh, that's who he is, and uh, it's interesting how you know he was he was the co OC and quarterbacks coach at Houston in twenty nineteen. And then now he's she's just been the running backs coach. I, I know Dana is a pretty hands-on kind of guy when it comes to that sort of stuff. So maybe that's maybe that has something to do with it. I think that obviously the fans would would love it. Is it the right hire? I don't know. And it's 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 about who is the right hire. You know, he was at USF, you know, when uh, Willie first was on staff, it was his first year. He's been, uh, he was quarterbacks coach. I mean, he's was at Western Kentucky. I mean, there's stuff. I think, man, if I'm looking right, I think the last time he called plays was in 2006 at freedom. I think he called some plays at uh, Lakewood as well. Okay. Yep. So 14. And then, yeah, then whether or not he called plays or Holgerson called the plays at Houston, probably likely Holgerson did, right? So, right. So that was one that I, I think I've seen thrown around. I don't know if that's if that would be the best way to go or not. Um, but just wanted to throw him up there and talk about it. Next one is a guy I've liked for the last couple of years. His offense last year in the shortened, they had a shortened season, but his offense last year was one of the top in the country and a bunch of advanced metrics. They ended up being all right this year with a slow start when they had to, they had to play a bunch of games out of conference. Um, Andrew Soder, Souter, offensive coordinator at Kent State. Um, if you watch them play, they play really fast. Um, they ended up, I think, um, where they end up, 14th in the country in yards per play this year. Um, and that's with playing like Texas A&M and I think they played Iowa. So they played a bunch, they played a couple of really good defenses out of conference. Still mm-hmm. ended up 14th in the country in yards per play. Uh, really up-tempo spread. He coaches, he's offensive coordinator. He coached quarterbacks and tight ends right now. So he fits your quarterback coach need as well. And yep. he only makes $140,000. So you could give him a nice pay increase to get him down. They run 77.6 plays per game. USF ran 72 last year, so they're really fast. Um, flash fast, that's correct. That's what they like to say. Yeah. Um, so and they'll, the, and they'll run the quarterback. A lot of these, I think, when I was looking, I wanted to get guys that I knew would run the quarterback a little bit too. I think that's got to be a part of whoever the coach is next. Right. That's got to be a part of the offense is the quarterback run game. Doesn't have to be a crutch, but it has to be a, a feature, I think. And they did that. Dustin Crum was a guy that um, ran the ball a good bit and also he, was yeah. really good through the air. Uh, so Kent State went for uh, seven and seven this this year. 
Uh, Dustin Crum, who's their starting quarterback, uh, rushed the ball 161 times for 703 yards, scored 12 touchdowns on the ground, threw for another 20 through the air, uh, threw for over 3,000 yards, uh, only six interceptions, 64% completion percentage. And then they had a 1,200-yard rusher, an 800-yard rusher, and then they had a 1,200-yard receiver, uh, 699 receiver, and 620 receiver. So, like, the offense is pretty damn explosive. Um, yeah. Here's here's the thing that USF fans are going to have to get over, and it, it's a small, it, it, minor thing. It's just a, a very, very minor thing. Um Seth, where was he in 2012, 2013? Do you happen to know? Oh, no. I I think I know, but I'll I'll go ahead and scroll for you. Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois. Okay. And he was the wide receivers coach. Okay. Um, So I know who the offensive coordinator was at Eastern Illinois in 2012 and 2013. He has USF ties. It was Sterling Gilbert. Oh, Sterling, no. so so kind of on the D, Dino Babers, uh, you know, coaching tree, uh, uh, the, the the Sterling Gilbert coaching tree. So that's what we would have to get over with Andrew. And you know, Sterling is looking for a job here. So <laughs> you can bring I, I don't know. If we, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, possibly open the door that he comes in and steals another paycheck from, yeah. from USF as a, as a GA, as an intern, as literally anything associated with the university. But Andrew Souter would be a good choice. I, I think uh, I would on say, his, based on his own merits, Andrew Souter would be a good yes. choice, but I, I would say it, you, I would say think of him not as a Sterling Gilbert guy. He is a, uh, and now this is a whole other can of worms. But he is a bri- he's more of a Bryles disciple in terms of I think scheme. He played at Baylor, was like a student assistant there, and then he went on this coaching career after that. So that's a whole other can of worms. But so uh, I think USF people would rather have that than uh, than Sterling. Baylor, maybe, so. uh, yeah, you know, I think people are more forgiving, uh, uh, you know, about the Baylor situation than they would ever be about Sterling Gilbert ever being associated with the university again. And that just says a whole bunch about the USF fan base. And I love you guys, but I think everybody under, I think you guys would all agree that you would rather have a, a a bear, a a, a Bryles disciple over having anyone associated with Sterling Gilbert. I don't think that's an argument there. This is not a Sterling Gilbert. This is a, this guy's on his own merit. They've been really good. If last year, in terms of um, EPA, last year they were the, like the number one offense in the country uh, over Alabama. Now they played a limited schedule, but uh, they were really mm-hmm. good last year, and they were pretty good this year. All right, here's another one. I, he was on my list. This may this is maybe uh, uh, freezing cold takes. Old takes exposed here. Uh, Brandon Marion was on my list. He's a receivers coach at Pitt. It looks like he's going to be the receivers coach at Texas. Pitt, for some reason, did not make him the interim OC in their bowl game. He has been an offensive play caller before, famous for the go-go offense. He ran at Howard and William and Mary. Um, used two backs. I think that fits USS personnel using more than one back. Would be nice. Yeah. I couldn't find his salary information. It looks like he might be going to Texas, but 
Um, you know, maybe it, it, there was news today that if he is going to Texas, that he would have turned down a G5 offensive coordinator opportunity. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe um, I'm over this, but I think that he would have been a good, I think he would have been a good hire, but it looks like he might be off the board already. So, yeah. And you know what, uh, is a, a solid thing for, you know, three of the four guys that we have kind of touched on Willie Korn, uh, Brennan Marion and Andrew Souter is they get the running backs involved heavily. Either they get multiple running backs involved and on the field. And that was the, the big thing that we had talked about all of the time under Charlie Washington, just a steadfast refusal to put any two of the three very talented running backs on this roster on the field at the exact same time. And yeah. it was frustrating as all get out because you, I mean, when you have that much talent in a running back room, you want to get them on the field. And sometimes even together, I think a, a backfield of Timmy, Jaron Mangum, and then changing out Kelly Joyner and Brian Batie, and then even having Brian and Kelly on at the same time to run just, you know, speed options uh, to either side. It, it just opens up a whole can of worms that, uh, you know, USF really didn't touch on. I think it really could have opened up an, the offense a little bit more, um, I think they would have been. I think they would have been just fine this year, going three receivers, two backs, a ton. They could have been really, really good that way. We didn't really see that ever. Uh, maybe once or twice. Um, is the job? Is this job attractive? I yes. Think if you, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Just because you do have some players, you do have some good pieces of the skill positions, and you can get paid more than you're getting paid at all these other pay. Right. They're paying 350, which is pretty good money at the G5 level. Um, and you can come in and call plays. And I mean, you just saw Charlie White's call plays for two years with, you know, di- differing degrees of success. And he just got hired by Ole Miss to be their offensive coordinator. Now he had a pre existing relationship, but this is a job you get on TV a lot. Um, I, I think it's a good gig, especially with the personnel you have coming back at the skill position. Jimmy Horn is one of the best skill position players in the state of Florida. Yeah, 100%. He could, he could start at every school in the state of Florida. So that's attractive to me. Yeah. All right. And Marion. I just made, wanted to, to bring this up real quick. So his, so Jeff Scott's assistant coaching pool uh, is uh, – $3.6 million. Now this is the original contract that he signed in 2019. Um, there's some scuttlebutt that he may have already signed an, an extension. I haven't gotten that yet. I've uh, requested that information uh, in early December. It is December 30th. I have yet to receive uh, that information um, quite yet. So just based off the $3.6 million, it's like up $50,000 from, from last year. So it's like, you know, nothing, but that extra 50 K could help. Yes. All right. Next guy up. Um, uh, I, Jason, I think that helps. I don't, it's not necessary, but I do think it helps. For instance, like I thought that, uh, so here's Jason's comment for a bit. Uh, the field of the new OC is also quarterback coach. He should have been a QB when he played. I think, I think he needs to have been a quarterback or have coached a position before with some degree of success um, for a sustained period of time. I, I just think at that position, like the RPO stuff with 
Timmy. Like it looks great on the board and it all makes sense, but it's different if you've been back there and you understand how this is going to look to the player, understanding the kind of situation. It does help you kind of understand, okay, maybe I need to just call more run plays instead of just calling RPOs, take a little bit of this burden off. Because on the board, it all looks good. You have all the answers. But with some playing experience, you understand, okay, this may be I'm asking too much of the guy. But I don't think it's necessary, but I think it is helpful. So if you get a guy, like imagine a guy that played, um, that was like a four-star you know, quarterback and, and went to an ACC program uh, and played there. That'd be interesting. I think he'd probably be helpful, like a like a Willie Corn type guy would be pretty good. Um, all right, here's the next guy. These are all guys I think are possibly gettable. This one's borderline. Uh, Barry Lenny Jr. He's been the offensive coordinator's quarterbacks coach at UTSA. They've been pretty decent on offense the last few years, and I think their run focus, uh, which mm-hmm. to me is, you got to have somebody that's bringing a good running game here. It allows you to use multiple backs. They do that at UTSA. It's Sam McCormick, who was a really good back. Their quarterback ran for a, a decent number of yards as well. Um, and they were able to throw the ball with some success. So they had a pretty well-rounded offense. He was previously at Arkansas. Uh, coached tight ends there, but he's been coaching quarterbacks um, at UTSA. He gets paid $255,000 a year. So you could give him a raise, but I think he might be in a pretty good position, be pretty happy where he's at, already calling plays, being the associate head coach. But you could offer him a raise, and um, their offense was pretty decent last year. Uh, they were kind of at the bottom of this group of guys that have. They were 45th, but if you watched them play in the yards for play at 6.1, again, USF was at 5.01, 110th in the country. Um, he's a guy I think that would help um, get the ball in the run game for the guys that are in the run game, get the ball in their hands. And I think that will be important for USF success going forward, having somebody that can coach the run game. So he's a guy I like. Um, he's not at the top of my list, but um, and I don't know how, how gettable he is, but he's done a pretty good job at UTSA the last couple of years. And to say something for, for him, he kind of tends to stay at one place for quite a while. And um, uh, the, he hasn't reason, really bounced around since 2005. The reason I brought him up is because he previously before this was at Arkansas with Chad Morris. So um, I know that's a, that's a well they've that Jeff Scott's dipped into uh, previously the Chad Morris. Well, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know as much on these guys for recruiting. Um I know a couple of – I've heard stuff on a couple. Like, Ferd Marion's a pretty good recruiter. Um, but th- these are – most of these guys are going to be lower-level guys. There will be, be a guys coming up I can speak to more about their recruiting just because of um, I'm more familiar with them. But uh, these it's hard to say exactly on, on the lower-level guys. But here's another one. Um, so these are getting to the ones that are maybe – the next couple are guys that aren't calling plays but I think are in pretty good offenses in one maybe, you know, kind of a, a shadow offensive coordinator, like a ghost writer of the <laughs> offensive coordinator here. And that is Tennessee's quarterback coach, Joey Halsey, or Halsley, rather. If you've been watching Tennessee, I mean, you know, it's the it's the hypo offense, the Baylor, the Bryle-style offense with that tempo and that, you know, I mean, if you've watched Tennessee at all this year, you know, you watch today's uh, Music City Bowl. Right. You saw it in full force. They, they'll, get the, they'll get the quarterback involved in the run game. 
Um, he was the quarterback coach at Central Florida the previous year with Hypo. 2020, came, yep. That came to came to Tennessee with him. He's been with Hypo basically his entire coaching career. So that would be, you know, kind of kind of um would he leave Hypo? Probably not, but to be a coordinator and to call the plays, maybe he would. He gets paid actually, he already gets paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to be the quarterback's coach. So it would really have to be yeah. uh, you're really selling him on calling plays. I don't think it's likely, but he would be a guy I reached out to if some of the other guys we already mentioned said no. They are twentieth in the country in yards per play. You saw you we all know kind of that offense, very explosive. Um, and then you know, fun to watch. Really, and then really focus. They can run the ball too. It's not just a throw, and they can run right. the ball. Um, really good offense. I think it's a it's a good scheme. You can make it fit, uh, but I think he's probably a little further down. Little yeah. Uh, what's the Tennessee quarterback? Uh, Holt Hooker, Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker. I mean, he's improved a ton since dude, you watched him at Virginia Tech last year. Dude's a freaking guy, man. And watch him now. Yeah, he's he's gotten a lot better. Five thirties uh, today. Yeah. So. <laughs> This guy, he's a pretty good coach, I think. Um, so he would be interesting. He also coaches quarterbacks, which he would just slide right in. Um, that would be an interesting one. Here's another one that I think is really highly unlikely, but we're down the list here a little bit now. Uh, <laughs> and this is more of a, and this is a guy that's a really good recruiter, but he doesn't get paid a ton. Have you ever even heard of this guy, Corey Dennis? He's I the Ohio State quarterbacks coach. Can't tell you that I have. Uh, so they have a oh, real- man. Sorry, I just reading up on him. Uh, his father-in-law is Urban Meyer. Well, there you go. <laughs> he does the state of Florida like the back of his hand, or like the back of that girl's butt. Oh, <laughs> well, that's that's Urban. <laughs> He's a good man, Corey Dennis. Um, so he's he's been there. He was a quality control coach. He's been the quarterbacks coach um, since the last two seasons. Uh, pretty good player. I think if you could steal somebody off this staff offensively, like I was thinking Brian Hartline, but he's an Ohio State guy through and through. If you know anything about Urban, he's a mercenary. So maybe, maybe, maybe Corey, maybe that's something that's rubbed off on him. Looks like his hometown is in Alabama. So maybe he wants to get back down south, but he's a guy that's a really good recruiter. I don't think they would let him walk. They'd probably up his pay if, if that's what it took. Brought in a couple of five-star quarterbacks. He was their main recruiter for that. But their offense has been just awesome the last few years when he's as once he's been there. He doesn't call plays, obviously, but he coaches the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, would be interesting just to bring in. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but that's just a nice, interesting name to throw out there. Because I, this, he's a guy I hadn't heard of, and he only makes three hundred k, which is kind of, which is not a ton for the quarterbacks coach at Ohio State. I thought he'd make more, so I kind of threw him out there really because of that. This next name is one that I like that I haven't really heard much about previously, but just looking through, going through, and kind of looking at uh, stats live for this past season, and just trying to see okay, who's pretty good at, at doing kind of both. And then looking through his bio, this guy was really good. He coached at the 1AA level and then got hired at the school he's at now and has had really good offenses while he's been there. And that is Tim. I'm going to say Cramsey. It could be Cramsey. 
he's offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Marshall. So Marshall had a top 10 rusher individually this year. They had the number nine rusher in the NCAA and the number 14 passer in the NCAA this year. Grant Wells was 14th and yet passing yards per game, I believe. And they had a running back that was ninth in rushing yards per game or rushing total rushing yards for the season. So they, he runs the ball. Uh, they don't use a ton of tempo. Um, I think they were kind of more towards the bottom of the pack in tempo. Yeah, they were about, they're about the, not much, maybe a play or half a play less than USF. So not crazy fast. They were 34th in yards per play last year. But they've had some pretty good offenses there, and he's a guy that makes $210,000. That's had success as an offensive coordinator at multiple levels, has been calling plays for a long time. Uh, kind of, He'd be kind of like a, the shoot hire, I think. A guy that's had success, nothing crazy flashy, just comes in and gives you a lot of confidence right off the bat. So he'd be like the shoot of this group, I think. I don't mind it. Um, I mean, we're getting close to the, the bottom of the barrel, if we're being honest. I got, um, yeah, this is – and these are kind of in order of preference for me. Corn is at the top for me. I like the guy from Kent State up at the top. Uh, Marion's out. Uh, but this is, we're getting to the very bottom here, and this is one that, you know, everybody loves a good homecoming. No, not everyone. Everyone, everyone loves a good homecoming. No, not everyone. You got a guy that's making $120,000. Too much. Offense he's, already being, he's already getting paid too much. His offense is 16th in yards per play in the country this last year. But I, before you say, I will say he was a fantastic recruiter in the Bay Area. He was very good at poaching other schools' kids. Ever heard of this guy? Robert Dick Wiener. Bobby Wiener. Um, he's at Toledo. They had a really good offense the last couple of years. This year, they were, like I said, they were 15th or 16th in yards per play. Um, pretty good. Uh, didn't have the best record this year. I'm not sure exactly what they run. I watch a lot of Toledo. I'm assuming he's a spread guy. I think he was kind of spreadish guy when he was at Plant. Obviously, a lot of people in the Bay Area know his name from that time. He's had some success at the college level. He's had some. He had a lot of success at the high school level. I think everyone's pretty familiar with that. Uh, by hook or by crook. Um, so, by crook. That, <laughs> so that's the name just to throw out there at the end. You gotta, uh, you gotta really wonder. You know, I mean, he's any coaches quarterbacks. He has uh, screwed so many high school coaches uh, in the Bay Area. That would be uh, that is an interesting you know, from from recruiting their best players to plant like. Do they really want to send their next kid to to you know play for Robert Weiner? Um, that is an who, interesting wrinkle. But so I think, he's getting, I think he's getting guys up to Toledo though. So I don't know. He I, is I believe he is not to not to burst your bubble here. Uh, he was the second ranked recruiter in the MAC on twenty four seven. I think I saw some roads. He was uh, pretty highly rated. So oh. He and his longtime girlfriend, Tanya Thomas, have homes in Toledo and Tampa. Hmm. So there you go. Good for him. Uh, so that's one that uh, that's the dark horse. If I mean, uh, USF, fan, USF fans know uh, 
Robert Wiener had already has already been a USF coach before. Yeah, it was just for about forty eight hours. The return. I don't like it, man. I I, I don't know. There's just some, just just something about playing high school that I can't like. I'll, I can't do it. I can't do it. I would rather have Earl Garcia running the show from Hillsborough than ever have anything to be associated with Robert Wiener. And by all accounts. I know multiple people who know him and they love him, but the people that love him are also Jesuit graduates and Jesuit grads literally never talk crap about any other Jesuit grad literally ever. I think it's in the rule. I think it's one of the prayers that they say at chapel every day. Um, so, but I can't, I can't do it, man. I can't. Would you like a fun Robert Wiener story? Always. He was coaching baseball at Crystal river. High school. He applied. He wanted to be the football coach there. They said, no, we're good. He went down to plant. The rest is history. Chris Trevor's never won a thing. There you go. Tough stuff. Good administration up there in Chris Trevor. Yeah. All right. Well, so, um, yeah, I, I to, re, to recap here, I'll, we'll throw, I'll throw this up here to recap. Uh, Willie Corn has been uh, on my mind for a few months now. These are names we went over. Marco Blackwell, it was, we also mentioned him, but Corn, uh, I think, is the number one guy. This is kind of my list in order of preference. Uh, but I think you go out and make Corn say no to you. Right. The fan base is getting corny. We've got a bunch of potential corn addicts. Yeah, big uh, fan base. You know, I, I know a lot of TikTok uh, users uh, that are on this uh, here podcast listening to us. They're big uh, corn stars, and they just want another corn star. Um, they just want to watch a corn star, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. And uh, yeah. I think Willie is the is the corn star that we want and the corn star that we need. I think so. I, I he would have been as soon as. You know, I got the message from Charlie. Congrats, Charlie. Willie, what's up? Right. I'm on the phone with him immediately. Um, I think I, I really I think that this the the Kent State guy would be an int- really interesting one as well. Their offense, he can fit it to what USF has personnel wise. And you mentioned how many different how they spread the ball around and still had a big number. right. I mean, a twelve. I was like a twelve hundred yard rusher and then an eight hundred yard rusher. And then the quarterback, quarterback. Ran, ran for seven. Oh, <laughs> sir. <laughs> we might put you in timeout for a couple of minutes. Sir. Um, yeah, I, I really think it's uh, Willie Korn. And there's one guy that we haven't mentioned that I believe was mentioned on Will's hot board. Now, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, if we struck out on Willie and maybe uh, Souter. But I mean, Chad Morris is just coaching high school football, and it's not like he forgot how to coach. Now, you said something in Slack that was pretty eye-opening. That his team's yards per play have not been great. He hasn't had one like 2013. Yeah, so I went and looked because somebody asked about Chad Morris right after the, and somebody immediately said no. I can't. And then I, so I wanted to look and see because I was like, I don't think he's been that great. Now, there's some extenuating circumstances. He took over an Arkansas team that was bad. 
but he's also the first head coach to never win a conference game in Arkansas history. Um, and he took over an SMU team that was bad. Um, but his last SMU team was 27th in yards for playing the country. That is the only team he's had since 2013. And this includes his last year at Clemson, where they were 89th in yards per play in 2014 with some dudes on that team. They were 89th in yards per play. Since the two, including the 2014 season till now, that 2017 SMU team is the only offense he's had in terms of yards per play that is above average, above 65th in the country. Every other offense he's had has been below average in terms of yards per play. Auburn, it was his best one was Auburn uh, last year, and they were 69th. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't. I mean, got Gus fired, so uh. yeah, so I don't. And you know, so there is some circumstances. He was with rebuilding programs, and he got SMU. He brought SMU like from the it was like 90s, 80s, 27. Like you know, it was like 90, 70, 27. So you know. Would he be good? I don't know. I don't, he's not, he wouldn't be an inspired hire. I don't think either. He might be kind of a safer hire, but um, he's had success in the past, but not a ton recently. So, yeah, I, I agree. I just, I figured, you know, we bring him up because there is the the obvious connection with Jeff Scott. Um, I think it'd be an interesting dynamic of having kind of the roles reversed a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that'd be that'd be an interesting kind of situation. I I agree. I just want to present the options. Yeah, I don't know. Previous relationships. Uh, pre, you know, it's all you know. It's never it's never about what you do. It's uh, it's always about who you know, and that's really what it comes down to. I was a little mind boggled myself, but uh, Scott, it happens sometimes, you know. I don't I don't think a lot of um people are, are you know crying over Charlie leaving. So it's really not, not it's not a big deal. Uh timeline for hire. Yeah. Uh definitely before signing day or the second signing period. I think that's probably safe to say. Um when are they do you know when they're back on campus? I know there's some places in the state it's like January fourth if they come back. Yeah, so I think what that first Monday is the third. Yeah, I would assume it's either right around that or the tenth. Because I know, like USF, like they do. Uh, sometimes they like it's like you go for a week and then you have like uh, MLK Day. So it, I'm looking up right now when the, when they spring, actually get spring back. classes begin January tenth. You have a week and then you get MLK day. So there it is. Um, so they got some more time. Yeah. But I would imagine that would be, that would probably, you want to have a guy in place by the time the players get back. For sure. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you're the only one. Yeah. I, I, it's, uh, I, I think this is a, I think the yeah, 10th. There you go. So they'll be back the 10th. So I think this could be this is going to be one of those like uh, what did what did Michael Scott say? I think it was Michael Scott. You know, every time somebody says it was a mutual breakup, one of them's lying. But in this case, it's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's kind of every time. Every time they say it's a win-win, somebody's lying. But in this case, it might be true. 
Yeah, you get you get some new some new blood in here. Uh, he gets to go into uh, SEC job. Win win. Probably, probably get a real nice pay raise too. So good for him. Yeah, there you go. You know, what? go get that bag, Charlie. I'm not even mad at you. Win 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 for his his agent gets the third one. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to kind of come on and and uh, kind of break down uh you know the potential hot board and really uh put it out into the ether that Willie Corn is the guy. But I, I want to you know if if it's not Willie Corn. Unless they just come out of left field or do an internal hire, I think. Unless it's just something stupid, uh, yeah. Give them, give them a shot. Let's not get like, yeah. Let's not, because I think everyone here, I'm, I'd think everyone in this chat would be excited if it was Willie Corn. That's also like, <laughs> that's also you know. I think I said it on Twitter as soon as as soon as the move was made because I'm a big fan and I think it would fit, but. Nobody at USF has ever, I don't think, uttered the the two words together, Willie Corn, to anybody as far as we know. So this is kind of all just, uh, you know, we're we're kind of building this all up, and let's not be like, oh, they could have had Willie Corn when they hired somebody else. Yeah, you know, maybe they couldn't have. So yeah, uh, maybe they may have know. never talked to him. Where he may have said, "Guys, I'm I'm good. I got Grayson McCall coming back. They're going to give me a raise." You know, you never know, but. Um, he would be cool. It would be cool. That would be a nice guy to pick. And it all seems to fit. It'd, so well. it'd, it'd be pretty cool if you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, mean, yeah, just pester Willie Corn on Twitter until he, until he says yes. Yeah. You know, cause it works for recruits. It must work for grown adults <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Don't quit. Don't, uh, don't tweet at coaches now. Yeah. Don't tweet at recruits. Is it, is it, is it time to tweet at coaches? No. The answer is always no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to kind of hop on and give our, uh, our, our, our thoughts on uh, the potential offensive coordinator hire. And, uh, you know, really want to kind of wrap up this, sh- the show this year and, and thank everyone for, for joining us this year. It's been a, a you know, and a fun experience and experiment to do these, uh, these podcasts live. It's a little terrifying, uh, because, uh, you know, Seth, you can attest to this, the, the, what, two or three years that you did this before you, we did things live. There were a lot of stuff that we would have to cut out because, Ooh, I don't think we're allowed to say that. Or, um, you know, we make a, we make a joke. That's probably not, it's, it's not safe for work. And then it's not safe for us just publicly um you know making fun of someone interesting i emoji indeed daniel chapman oh i can't wait we we got to get the flight aware going uh we we need we need some corn here uh we need to get all of this going um just just in case and i i think you know maybe we'll, we'll start pre-writing the uh the willy corn hire just to put put it out into the ether and hopefully uh good things uh happen but again i, I really appreciate everyone uh interacting with us uh this this year it's been uh, you know another trying year for usf football um but we survived yet again it's moving in the all. right moving in the right direction. We are moving in the right direction. That is for certain. Uh just uh you gotta hit this higher here, Jeff. You really gotta hit it. And uh 
Just hire Willie Corn. I mean, Come on. I mean, if I was if I was Jeff Scott, I would just simply hire Willie Corn. Like, what's the big deal? I think we should get a commission if this hire happens. Because seriously, Willie's agent didn't do anything. Cut okay. the check, man. Cut the yeah. check, Willie. You got that corn money with a backwards yeah. R. <laughs> All right, for Seth and Nathan. Thank you again for listening to a full year of the Bluminati podcast, proudly presented by Irish 31 and Homefield Apparel. First time users at Homefield, still you can still use the code word Daily Stampede for 15% off your first order site wide. Go get them. Uh, the the gray USF uh, Retro Bull uh, hoodies are back in stock, so go get them um, and go get some shirts. Uh, we'll be back in the new year to. Uh, Oh, man, unless they do something stupid and Friday at four forty-five, this fucking higher. I'm we're we're done for the year. Uh, so uh, we'll talk to you guys in twenty twenty-two. Be safe. Uh, be smart. Do not drink and drive. Get an Uber this weekend. Don't be stupid, please. We want to have you guys here back with us in January. If you drink, drink responsibly. Have fun. Be safe. Wash your hands. Go Bulls. Don't handle any fireworks. That's JPP.